X-Ray FM at KXRY Portland at 107.1 and 91.1 FM, streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. Also on the coast in Manzanita, Nehalem, Rockaway, and Wheeler uh, at 91.7. Shout out to the coast. If you are listening on 
Thursday, February 16th, you have tuned in to a live broadcast of Sex, Drugs, and Basketball. That is correct. If the date on your calendar says... Oh, it's the 15th? Oh, <laughs> I had the date wrong. Uh, if the date on your calendar says the 15th of February... Get that number out, put it in your phone, uh, 971-220-5979. Tell us what you are doing. What are you up to on, on this evening in Portland, Oregon? This is a, this is a special episode of uh, Sex, Drugs, and Basketball. I should mention that right off the bat. Um, we are, we, I am in Portland, um, but I am not at the Slingshot Lounge where I usually do the broadcast um we are at the pink martini world headquarters uh in downtown portland uh it is the home of thomas lauderdale and uh and hunter noack um they are uh two excellent musicians who we are going to have we're going to talk to them and they also are going to going to i believe play some music i'm there's like two grand pianos sitting in front of me i i I'll try to describe the situation. I'm also here with my good friend, uh, Tanya Selvaratnam, who has been on the show before. And uh, she is a writer and a filmmaker. And um, we're, we're going to talk to all three of them uh, and hear some music. And if you have any questions for these people, uh, if, you're, if you're not familiar with Thomas, Hunter, or Tanya... Uh, you can you can look them up. Um, Thomas is the leader of the the band Pink Martini, uh, a Portland uh, staple for years. Um, Hunter uh, does he is I think best known uh, as the curator and the performer for uh, a series called In a Landscape, which plays all over the country. Um, and Hunter's going to tell us about that. He's a he's a excellent pian- pianist. And uh, and then Tanya is, as I said, a writer. I've also known Tanya for years and years. Uh, we went to high school together. Um, so that's the situation. Uh, you can text us again, 971-220-5979. Um, we just got our first text um, said it would be, oh, uh, saying that it would be the 16th if this was a leap year. You leapt before you spoke. <laughs> yeah, I did. I don't understand how. It, wait, isn't this a leap year? Don't we have February 29th this year? So it is a leap year. That doesn't actually make it the 16th. <laughs> I'm curious what your logic is there. Um, you, you you leap ahead. You just get a You just jump ahead on a leap year. Uh, whenever <laughs> in February. Um. Anyways. Uh. Yeah. I I often do that. I just misread the um. The, the date. Um, we're starting to get text in. J-Hops texting in says, uh, J-Hops is making nine sausage soup. Wow. That, that is interesting. Oh, you can hear Tom, Thomas playing in the background. <laughs> he got dressed up even. <laughs> when, the, when we, 
<laughs> when we started this show, let me just try to describe. So we're in the Pick Martini World Headquarters is a, a big building. Uh, I believe it's a four-story building in downtown Portland. Three-story. It looks like it's four stories, but it, it's it's uh, and it has has a big open space um, where you can go all the way up, um, like you know, like a stairwell kind of thing that still has a large tree from the holidays uh, that it's still lit up. Um, but Thomas says he's going to take it down tonight. Um, and here on the the ground floor are uh, are the instruments where Pink Martini sometimes rehearses, I believe, or. Almost never, um, but there are two. There are two grand pianos here, and so earlier, as we, when we were getting ready, Thomas was in a red union suit, uh, and he he was looking very comfortable in it, at home. And then, since since then, he went upstairs and put on a, a coat and tie. <laughs> he, okay, um, I like it. Um, well, anyways, uh, Jay Hops is is out there you're making nine sausage soup Jay hops is usually i know you drive a radio cab so um so i guess you're you're not driving the cab tonight um it it, it is a leap year yeah that is that that's interesting you know that uh I, I i saw that the other day so we get an extra day february uh for those of you who don't know what a leap year is february is going to have 29 days this year um so that's exciting was Valentine's Day because that uh, Valentine's Day passed and uh, um, so I wanted to talk about Valentine's Day uh, if anyone had any Valentine's Day stories like uh, you know when we talk about sex on this show it doesn't have to be necessarily like it can just be relationship things you know even just holding hands or or whatever so uh, did anyone have any, any Valentine's Day stories they want to share set, send them in to us um and also, there's a story in the news that I want to talk about, but let me read Strawberry's text. It says, Hello, Arthur. Happy Valentine's Day. This is Strawberry. Hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day slash week. Me and Cowboy went to Bamboo Sushi, which was very fancy, and then in parentheses, for me, and I got flowers and chocolate from both of my sweethearts. So Strawberry is a listener uh, who texts in, and she has she is... Polyamorous. Uh, yeah, I think that I think maybe it's a. I'll try to fix that during the during a break. Um, I think I can fix that. Um, tell me if uh, someone someone else texting say radio feed has cut out two times in a few seconds. Thank you for letting me know. Um, yeah, I think I think maybe I'll hot I'll, I'll hot spot it because that'll probably work best. 
Um, so there might be a, a uh, there might be a, a break in the signal really briefly um, while I while I reconnect, um, but then we'll be back on. Uh, it will be it'll be a little bit smoother, I think. Um, so I'm uh, hang on, just everybody hang on while I try that out. See if that works better. Okay, we're back up and running. Uh, apologies for the the little break. I had to switch uh, Wi-Fi signals. Hopefully, this one sounds better. Um, just uh, text me. Keep keep us posted on that. Thank you for everyone. Um, <clears throat> okay, let me get back to what we were talking about. Um, so, uh, Strawberry says that I cut out at poly. I was saying that that Strawberry is polyamorous. And um, and she said, "Oh, and then Strawberry is saying dead air." I, 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 it should be back. It should be back on. We're, we're. Uh, tell, tell me if you can hear me now. Text me nine seven one two two zero five nine seven nine. I got a text says we're back. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see how this signal holds. It, it should. It should be. It should be better. Um. Uh. Anyways, Strawberry. Let's go back to what she did for Valentine's Day um, got flowers and chocolate from both of my sweethearts, uh, son and cowboy. I've been experimenting with woodblock linoleum prints, so I hand carved my Valentine's this year. Oh, that's very nice. Nothing like a homemade Valentine. Um, okay, well thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, Jay Hops said he'll be driving the, the radio cab after the soup is finished. Um, okay. Uh, well, keep us posted on how the radio cab goes. Um, and then, uh, someone said, um, okay, there, I was getting more, more, um, updates on the, uh, on the in and out. 
Well, hopefully we've got the signal fi- figured out. Um, but thank you for every, to everyone who has been texting in about that. Okay. I'm going to do, I'm going to take a quick break, uh, and then we're going to, uh, get the microphones in the hands of our guests. I think they're ready to, ready to talk. Um, so please get your, get your, um, keep your texts coming. There's the, our motto for this show is no text is too stupid for sex, drugs, and basketball. You can text anything you want. Tell us what you're doing. Just, just, like what what's what's taking up your time right now always interested in that um and uh and also um i should say off the top this show uh deals often with adult themes we talk about sex and drugs and basketball um but we uh if you don't like those kinds of discussions or you have young children um listening uh we're on till 11 p.m so put those kids to bed uh and um and join us put on some headphones whatever uh but anyways keep the keep your text coming 971-220-5979 we're gonna take a break um i'm gonna play a song uh that tanya selected first uh do you want to tanya can you do you want to explain which do you want to do secret life of plants or the sylvester song wait let me give you a mic hold on a second hey uh, say testing one two three. Testing one two three. Okay, so Tanya, how are you today? I'm good, Arthur. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, why did you pick this song, "The Secret Life of Plants" by Stevie Wonder? Because uh, I've been listening to the album a lot while I write uh, my new book called "Leave Me Alone," about liking plants more than people. So Tanya is an author, uh, and um, so. This, your new book is called Leave Me Alone, and this is, I guess, a song that, I mean, that is, did it inspire Leave Me Alone, or it's just sort of in the, in the, like, how did it affect your writing? Uh, it's the whole, like, opening of the book. Okay. And I think you're going to read from if some you, of that. I tonight. will, yeah. Okay. If you wonder where you would be without them, you would not. <laughs> okay. The Secret Life of Plants. I can't conceive the nucleus of all begins inside the tiny seed and what Question the inevitable be Take from it without consent 
Support for X-Ray FM comes from Cascade Record Pressing. As the Northwest's only vinyl record manufacturing facility, Cascade is committed to serving Portland's independent recording artists and record labels. Cascade Record Pressing. Local manufacturing for local music. For more information, please visit CascadeRecordPressing.com. Hello, hello, hello. We are back. This is Sex, Drugs, and Basketball. My name is Arthur Bradford, and if you are listening on the date of February 15th, 2024, this is a live show, a live broadcast of Sex, Drugs, and Basketball. Not only that, it's a special live broadcast. We are broadcasting from the Pink Martini World Headquarters, which is in downtown Portland. We've got Thomas Lauderdale and Hunter Nowak and Tanya Silveratnam here as guests. Um, so Thomas and Hunter now have started taking down the, their Christmas ornaments on this tree. I'm not kidding. It's, gosh, 40 feet tall. I, that's my guess anyways. It's a very tall tree, and they've just started taking down their ornaments the day after Halloween. 
I mean, sorry, Valentine's Day. I don't know why I said Halloween. I'm, there's so much going on. I'm distracted. Um, um, okay. Um, we have a, uh, we have a text that said, flowers and chocolate sounds good. Sup, Arthur? I'm working. Signal's working. Sparky. Good to hear from you, Sparky. Uh, glad to hear the signal is working. It, uh, I believe we've got it sorted out, but keep us posted if it goes out again. Um, Someone texted and said, I'm stuffing salt into lemons. What? Hmm. Uh, oh, here, Tanya, let me give you a microphone. Uh, yeah, salt into lemons. I'm not sure why, like, I, I guess you. I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> I, I, can you explain? Like, I feel like you, it begs the question, why are you stuffing salt into lemons? Um, but, uh, can you tell us why? That's an interesting thing to be doing. Um, it, maybe it has something to do with doing shots of tequila. tequila Isn't yeah. that, that, is that something that you do? It's like, are you a bartender and you're setting up people for, tell us more. Um, okay, uh. A sour pucker. A sour pucker. Um, okay, uh, Strawberry texted and said, I can't stop thinking about how the French word baguette is pronounced. And I think we should rebrand it, rebrand it to sound like the F slur. F slur. Baguette. Oh, I see. <laughs> Wait. Phonetically, uh, f- for reference, pronounced baguette. Please let me know your thoughts. <laughs> so we should call it baguette instead of baguette. <laughs> what do you think, Tanya? Well, you know, there is actually a store that I've been to in Washington D.C. called French Baguette. Uh huh. French. And it actually has really good baguette, and I don't think I could walk <laughs> in there and say, hey, "Can I have a baguette?" <laughs> a baguette. Well, it's like how Americans like to say, instead of croissant, we say croissant. <laughs> croissant. <laughs> well, like with the croissantwich, like at the at Dunkin' Donuts, it's called the croissantwich. So we, it's it's true. It's it's just around the corner. I think yeah. if baguettes. A Corona, yeah. <laughs> it's like if baguettes were maybe a little more mainstream, we would be calling them baguettes. But I like, I like your, I like your thinking there, <laughs> Strawberry. Um, okay, uh, the person who is stuffing salt into lemon says it makes the your answer for when we asked why you said it makes them saltier. <laughs> Salty lemon. Okay, I believe you. But then, so I still have for a follow-up question then, which is why are you making your lemon saltier? Like what is that? For what purpose? Like are you, what do you use these lemons for that you're stuffing salt into? Um, I'm interested. Keep your text coming. Uh, if you would like to join the conversation, 971-220-5979. We are broadcasting live from the Pink Martini World Headquarters. Um, and, uh, oh, the, <laughs> the person who te- who's stuffing salt into lemon says it makes them a lot saltier. <laughs> okay. I feel like you're being coy though. I feel like there's, there's more to this story. Um, uh, oh, and J-Hop says the, the croissantwich was Burger King. Okay. Yeah. Croissantwich. Yeah. Well, you know, so we, we like to take French words and make them American. Americanize them, as they say. Um, okay. Uh, uh, oh, in Strawberry texts and says, Thank God, I've been wondering when people were going to start making lemon saltier. 
I mean, yeah, I I can't even really. I I'm just, the only thing I can think is that it has something to do with with doing shots of tequila because you put if you do a shot of tequila, you're supposed to like put salt on your hand and then do the shot, the lick the salt, then you put the lemon. So are you trying to do that all at once? Um, okay, interesting. Um, all right, this be, before I forget, there's also there's this story that I wanted to share with you all because. I feel like it, it somehow it just reminds me of a, a sex, drugs, and basketball story, even though it's not really, it has sex in it, I guess. Um, this is from the, um, Hendersonville, Tennessee Times, okay? It's Henderson stingray could be the first in its species to be pregnant through parth, parthenogenesis, okay? Um, so this is a, That maybe, and this stingray had not seen another stingray for eight years. So they were thinking maybe the sharks got the stingray pregnant. But then the scientists are saying that they think that the stingray got itself pregnant, which I didn't realize that it, it, it can happen. There are animals that do this, I guess. Um, it's called parthenogenesis. Um, so. Everyone's kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with this stingray, but I thought it was an interesting story. And if anyone has any comments about it um, or thoughts, send them in. 971-220-5979. Um, okay. Uh, it says, there are many animals that... Weird. It's kind of weird to think that 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 uh, that they're animals that can do this. Um, anyways, well, I think if you're hanging out with a lot of humans, you'd basically want to fuck yourself. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we can't use uh we can't use uh profane language. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I should have told you. <laughs> um. Uh, Sparky says. What what about freedom fries? Remember those? Uh, I, I I'm afraid it sounds like you will have. It says feed cut out at the word Genesis. You'll have to cut the story. Uh, you have to start the story over now. No, uh, I'm sorry. This the story. Uh, um, shoot, I didn't realize it's. It, it doesn't say that it's cutting out. But okay, let me just uh, to 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 paraphrase the story. There's a stingray. That is pregnant in a in a aquarium in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and the crazy thing about it is there's no other stingrays in this in this tank. It's only got sharks in the tank. So there, the speculation is whether the sharks got the stingray pregnant, or is it they think it's parthenogenesis, um, which could be that the stingray got itself pregnant. Um, but the other possibility, I guess, is that there's, I guess there's other possibilities. One is that someone snuck a stingray in there 
and then and then took it out or or maybe someone someone impregnated the stingray oh hunter somebody yes i was just wondering if perhaps this could be the second coming oh yeah um mary didn't have sex and this stingray you know charlotte could be the new right could be the new the new prophet i didn't even think about that immaculate conception what if people just start like you know gathering in hendersonville tennessee to see what the immaculate it's, it's, conception it's, it is an immaculate conception <laughs> um well that's what i love about this story stingray. yeah well you can if you're interested in it it's 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 just it's breaking news that you only hear on sex drugs and basketball Mm-hmm. But there is, uh, with I, no profanity, <laughs> with no profanity. Um, keep us posted on the signal issue. Uh, someone said that it cut out, but I can't, I can't tell if it's, it should, according to my, my, um, my dials and feeds, it, it's still, it's still, uh, it's the signal still connected. It might be them, not you. I think it, I think it, well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, Anyways, uh, please text us 971-220-5979 if you have, uh, any, any, um, any thoughts on the Hendersonville stingray situation. Mm. Meanwhile, I wanted to get, uh, Thomas and Hunter over here because, uh, they had offered to play some music. I don't know if they're ready to play music, but maybe you are? Yeah. Okay. Can, can you, can you come over? Let me have a, let me, let's have a brief conversation before you do. They're they're busy over here taking down their their Christmas tree. Uh maybe we can get um Oh I see. Yeah, the the tree is so um okay. Uh oh and then uh thank you for keeping me posted. I think that this is Strawberry who's saying it's been okay since I repeated the story. Okay, we'll just hope we'll just hope the signal it just probably goes in and out or something. Um Okay, so Hunter um, and and Thomas, um, you, you <laughs> I have another microphone if you want if you want to take it. Um, okay, uh, tell us uh, a little bit about the music that you're about to play. We are going to play the slow movement from Rachmaninoff's Piano Concerto Number no. Two. It is perhaps. Well, it's one of the more well-known uh, pieces for piano and orchestra. It's uh, yeah, I think this is the most beautiful piano concerto ever. Do you think? I think you might be right there. You think so? I think it, it's just like it's. Um, I can't. I never get tired of this. Okay. Well, we're we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to hear it. So, what we've got, just so you can picture it in your mind's eye, we have two grand pianos set up. Uh, like dueling piano, sort of, and they're gonna play as soon as, as soon as oh, Hunter just got a phone call. Um, but wait, uh, Thomas, let me ask you something. Tell me, so you're taking down your Christmas decorations right now? Is yes. that correct? That's right. That's right. It's a fire hazard. I mean, so we got the, the we got this uh, tree, this Christmas tree, out at North Plains um, for this fantastic. Uh, uh, Family who live in North Plains have a sort of an old. They, I mean, these trees are huge. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember his last name. Hey, honey, what is Dave, Dave the, the tree guy? Uh, what's that family's last name? It starts with a B. Well, it's okay. So, how tall is this tree? Would you say? I'd say 
how tall is this tree, do you think? I can't, you know, I'm shorter, so. <laughs> I feel like I'm guessing 40 feet. That That's just my guess. Maybe but a little bit more than that, right? Or less than that, I mean. I think 30. 30, 30 feet. Right. So it's, so it's, but it's inside th- this house. That's what, yeah, that's. We it, so we got it uh, two days before Christmas. Because uh-huh. we have an annual holiday party that started at 5 p.m. and went till 5 a.m. Actually, the last guests left at 7.45 a.m. the following morning. And um, there are sing-alongs. It's a potluck. Like this year, it was really amazing. There were like 500 people running around this building. And uh, uh, what was amazing about this year was uh, there were a bunch of kids, people under 10. Like there were 30 of them. <laughs> People under 10, like, hanging out and running and playing, you know, hide-and-seek and hanging out in the nook. Um, it's like, I think we've got, like, potential sort of future burning burners. Burner, bur- because they, they, they wrote on the wall of the nook uh, and had rules, and it's called, I think they renamed the nook Star Camp. Star Camp, so, wow. You know, it's like, it's amazing because, like, all of, you know, you've got these... It's I love this intergenerational stuff, and so like to go to a party where there are people the age spread is like four to like ninety seven. Uh-huh. That's a good spread. <laughs> that is a good spread. So you had did you have a ninety seven year old here too? Yeah, several, a couple. Wow. Yeah. And and so and everybody just sings. Uh, well, it's you know it's it's a it's there are three floors of fun. This is an old building from eighteen seventy eight. Um, downtown Portland, nobody in the business district. Nobody was looking here uh, when I first, you know. Still, actually, nobody's on this street really, except the sketchy people. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, yeah, so uh, 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 what was he talking about? What's the question? <laughs> you were just talking about this building that you because it. So that's where we are. This is we call it the Pink Martini World Headquarters. Yeah, I call it the loft. It, but it, originally, so this this district here in the financial district, this is the first Chinatown of Portland. Uh-huh. And uh, in 1873, uh, an arsonist set fire to a Chinese laundry around the corner, and it leveled 22 blocks of downtown Portland. Uh, uh, and so this building came up in the aftermath. It was built in 1878. Uh, it's cast iron and brick. And uh, 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 the first floor was originally a restaurant, an oyster bar called the Louisville. The second floor was the vocal studio of a guy named W.H. Kinross, who was a Scotsman who fought on the uh, Union side during the Civil War and then uh, traveled with opera companies all across the country and opened a vocal studio on the second floor called the Oregon Conservatory of Music. He went on to conduct the first performance of the Portland Symphonic Society, which is now the Oregon Symphony. John Muir gave a lecture on the second floor in 1880 uh, on the gold fields of Alaska. Um, uh, and then in about 1890, the whole building became a picture frame company, Sanborn Vale, and then eventually the Western Picture Frame Company. In the uh, 1917, was the whole building was bought by uh, the Women's uh, a Missionary Association from the United Brethren Church of Christ, uh, uh, and it was a Chinese mission on the second floor in the 20s and 30s. Um, always a picture frame company. In 1996, I had a new boyfriend... Uh, I was living in a deluxe apartment at 19th and Irving in Northwest, uh-huh. where rent was two hundred and twenty-five dollars, <laughs> and uh, uh, 1994 er, and 95. And uh, but I had a new boyfriend with a dog who was not well.
out of the design work at the Ace Hotel, tore out all the walls and built a new inside. So everything is sort of recycled inside. You've got like, floor, you know, some of the flooring came from Hillsboro High School, some of it came from the Liberty Theater. These curtains came, the red curtains came from the, um, what's that uh, theater, the Elsinore in Salem, the Elsinore Theater. Uh, we've got the Mary's Strip Club doors. Uh, halfway up the steps, the original doors to Mary Strip Club, the oldest strip club west of the Mississippi, owned and operated by the fantastic Vicki Keller, uh-huh. and uh, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a kind of an amazing uh, party space. Yeah, and uh, there are a lot of you know it's like a lot of old stuff that like the my favorite room is the library where all the Life magazines and Ebony and. Holiday and Look and Playboy. Yeah, so I love you have you have you have a v- large collection of like things. I, things. Yeah, yeah. You, you but you, you you tend to like things that are are uh, of an older era. Yeah, because it's built better. Uh-huh. It's more beautiful. Yeah, like I mean, there are very few things that are made these days uh-huh. that are that beautiful. Beginning with the lighting, like so, I just panicked yesterday because I realized. Uh, that incandescence, the incandescent bulbs are disappearing, uh-huh. and I freaked out because I can't live under LED lighting. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, it's a first world problem. It's a terrible. I should somebody's going to cancel me for saying that. But the thing is, I would rather actually take some a year off my life and have better lighting, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> than this LED uh-huh. stuff, which is truly terrible. Uh-huh. So. The thing, the reason why I like, I mean, I love all of the things in this building. Nobody else really, you know, it's not a problem. Nobody wants this stuff, uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, it's not like somebody's going to rob me. Because <laughs> who, who, you know, I mean, only a handful of people are going to want the Playboy magazines from the fifties. You never know. You never know. Well, all right, let's let's do let's do the song now that now that uh, we're all ready. Um, right, is there anything you want to say before you do, you begin? I think this so this Rachmaninoff piano concerto number two is the most beautiful piano concerto I think of all time I never get tired of listening to it and Hunter plays it uh, and he played the whole thing I've never played this before so tonight I'm the orchestra and he's the soloist and uh, you may recognize some of the themes okay so what you're going to hear is Thomas Lauderdale and Hunter Nowak on two pianos facing each other they're now setting things up. <laughs> um, oh, we have a we have another guest here too. Oh, Hunter, uh, did you want to say anything, Hunter? Um, well, uh, Cooper just joined us, Madam Cooper. Um, she just did an amazing uh, peep show last night at Ming's at the Ming, the lounge at the Ming Lounge. Um, so awesome. that was the best. The best. It was like the old, it was like old Portland. Okay. It was a peep show. A peep show. What is? A Valentine peep show. It was um, an old-timey burlesque performance inside of a booth that had little peep holes that people could, eight people at a time could watch me and a piano player, and we just oh, did wow. an old-timey tassel twirling fun time. That sounds amazing. It was fun. <laughs> it was uh, a lot of nerve-wracking. Thomas Lauderdale's eyes peep up, though. I didn't know he was coming, and I, as I opened the curtain and I saw Thomas's very obvious eyes, it, it startled me, and it made me mess up my performance a little bit when he was I didn't have so many words because you were there. I was nervous. 
Um, okay. Well, as soon as you're, as soon as you're ready, um, let me know. Um, and, uh, and, uh, thank you. I, uh, for all the people who have texted in, we'll get to your text after this performance, but keep your text coming. 971-220-5979. Text us whatever you like. And now I hand the mic over to Hunter and Thomas.
Thank you. That was that was Hunter Nowak and Thomas Lauderdale live from the Pink Martini World Headquarters, um, performing Rachmaninoff. Second piano concerto, second movement. There you go. And and there's a song that was inspired by that. Is that correct? And by the way, don't, for, for those of you that have just tuned in and were wondering what, what you tuned into, that was what it was. Uh, <laughs> we got several confused texts about whether the show had gone off the air, but, uh, um, Denver Dan, uh, this is, we have, we, we are just bringing culture to the people here. This is Pink Martini. We're broadcasting live from the Pink Martini World Headquarters. And, um, so, Hunter's going to explain a song that is ins- that was inspired by that concerto. Um, so Eric Carmen, uh, he loves that movement of that uh, from that Rachmaninoff piano concerto, and so he wrote a piece called "All by Myself," and it actually started as a little piano um, piece that he wrote, uh-huh. and then he bookended his piano piece with um, with the song that we know and that Celine Dion covered and so I'll play um, I'll play just a little bit of this I'll sort of play sort of a reader's digest version of all by myself and maybe we could all uh, everybody just sing along that's in this room <laughs> okay
with Eric Carmen, inspired by Rachmaninoff, second piano concerto. <laughs> Thank you. That was awesome. I feel like we let you down with the backup singing, but. Well, okay. Let me just read some of the texts that have come in. Um, uh, first of all, uh, Denver Dan texted, said, what pink martini? They rock. Seen them in 2003 in Boston and Red Rocks 2015. And then he says, one of the only good things to come from Portland. (laughs) Um, He's from Denver, so he's, he's, he's being cheeky. They're horny people in Denver. Seriously. Really? Tell us more. uh, I think Denver, Washington, D.C., of course. Uh People in D.C. are horny? Oh, my God. It's the craziest. Really? Those people are nuts. Think about it. Where's the receipt? I want to see the the receipts, too. People were doing it on the Senate floor a few months ago. The receipts were on the Internet. (laughs) Live streamed. Uh, Wow. Okay. What town do you think is the sort of... What, what, wait, what are you basing? You're saying the horniest town that you've yeah, been to like, is you what? Just, like smell it on the street when you're walking down. And you're like, what's going on? Like people are somewhere cruising, and you know, do you know what I mean? Okay. What do you think of that, Denver Dan? Do you feel like that's an accurate portrayal of Denver? Think of it. It's like it's the home of like Molly Brown, the unsinkable Molly Brown, right? Uh-huh. She's okay. badass. I mean, you can't say that. That's okay. Is that profane? Yeah, you can say ass. You just can't say the the major swear words. Oh, I don't even know those. <laughs> um, let me just say, as it, since it's the top of the hour, you are listening to X-Ray FM at KXRY Portland at 107.1 and 91.1 FM, streaming online everywhere at xray.fm, as well as on the coast. Shout out to the coasts, Manzanita, Nehalem, Wheeler, Rockaway, uh, 91.7 FM. Nesquid? Is there a Nesquid? Yeah, there is a Nesquid. I don't know if it can... We have some, str- like, small little signal out on the coast that... Yeah, I don't know if they hear us in Coos Bay. <laughs> There's, it's just some radio signal that X-Ray FM gets, and we have, like, three or four listeners out there. <laughs> Rome? Rome, Oregon? Have you been there? No, I've never... Rome. I've never been Damascus? there. Damascus? I have been to Damascus. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, the person that was stuffing lemon in their, I mean, sorry, salt in their lemons explained themselves a little bit further, said that they, they just get, they, so that there's a picture and it says they get soft and salty and tasty after a couple of weeks. Whoa. So you put salt in your lemons and then wait a couple of weeks and then you eat them. And then also says it's lime for tequila, not lemon. I, I, maybe that's the proper, but I've certainly done it with lemons. Yeah. I think it's, I think maybe lime might be the proper way to do it, but a lot of people use lemons. Um, okay, uh, the Pizza Johnny, uh, family, Mr. Mrs. Pizza Johnny just, they said, hey, we just got out of Helium Comedy Club. We saw Bobcat Goldthwaite. What have we missed? Classy stuff, apparently. Um, and then said, said, me and Mrs. Pizza Johnny met in a toilet at a rave in Washington, D.C. Okay. Oh, D.C. See? Oh, wow. Washington, D.C. Horny, horny, horny town. I mean, 
think about all those politicians. I mean, they're all naughty, especially the Democrats. Uh huh. <laughs> um, okay, uh, we got, and then um, Denver Dan says, "Mad respect for Pink Martini." One of our neighbors played drums with Pink Martini uh, when on the road. Also hired a designer to redo a hotel in San Francisco that used to date one of the Pink Martini members. Uh, he, uh, he was definitely not over the relationship. Uh, he designed one of the hip hotels in Portland. I think they know who that is. Uh, well, I think he was way over the relationship. Well, the designer wasn't, I guess. Oh, he was. Maybe he was. Oh, this is a, this is a relationship with you. Oh. No, it could have been you. I don't know. Um, and and then Denver Dan says, "I'm in Denver and I'm horny." Okay, good to know. Good to know. Um, okay. Uh, well, um, Hunter, before before uh, I see you have a mic in your hand, can you explain? Um, I'm not sure I explained in a landscape very well, but um, it, I, I was really blown away. So this summer, I got an invitation to go see Hunter perform as part of the in a landscape. Um, that it's a it's a series that you do, and you performed at the and um, at the Rose Garden, and it, it was such a trip because you get there and everybody's wearing headphones, and you figured out this way. So you're sitting in the middle of a natural space playing a grand piano, but at, at, when you walk in, you get given a pair of wireless headphones so that you can hear the piano wherever you go are. So people are just wandering around the Rose Garden while you're playing this piano and it's not amplified. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how this project came to be? Yeah. So um, like you said, we bring a, a nine-foot Steinway grand piano on a trailer to parks, mostly parks, uh, but sort of inspiring landscapes in the West. And, um, and the idea is basically to kind of make a soundtrack to people's experience outdoors. So we you know, we gather, there's usually a few hundred people at these events and um, and Backpacking and camping, and I, I wanted to figure out. I love. Um, He's I actually love a sing- hunter. He actually hunts. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> uh, actually, that's how Cooper and I know each other. Um, is from basic from fishing. Um, but uh, I wanted. I, I loved. You know, I loved listening to music. You know, singing songs around the campfire, and I, I wanted to figure out a way to bring my instrument, which is a little bit heavier. To out into these places that I love, um, and so uh, that's that was kind of the the impetus for it. Um, the, back in 2016, we started with just a little grant from Regional Arts and Culture Council (RAC), uh, and then um, in 2017, Jordan Schnitzer bought a nine-foot Steinway for the project. People have said, you know, you can take a keyboard out, and I was like, well, I could do that, but. 
I really wanted to have the same piano that was in Carnegie Hall and most major halls around the world, and so that's what we have. It weighs a thousand pounds, um, and it's nine feet long, um, and it's really a beautiful, beautiful instrument. Oh, um, you got it. You got it at the Apostolic Faith Church in right here in Portland. Oh, I was yeah. looking all over the country, and um, this this one popped up and. Uh, uh, and the, the project was also inspired by the WPA, the Works Progress Administration, which during the Great Depression of the 1930s, um, there were you know there were there were a bunch of different programs that put Americans back to work. But one of the amazing things about that program was that artists were people too, and so there were um, are they there were programs for visual artists, for writers, for musicians. And thousands of free concerts and plays uh, were presented, and some of them were presented in public lands, which I believe are our most democratic spaces. And so, um, so we started off doing uh, kind of with that in mind, trying to trying to show these incredible sites that were WPA projects around Oregon, um, and then and now we do kind of you know all different sites, but mostly a lot of our sites are in public lands. Can, can I just say that I think that this the, so in a landscape which has been what, what is this we're going year? into our ninth, ninth season uh, and the schedule will be up in two weeks it's at the in mo- a landscape.org it's the most like exciting classical music project in America so Hunter takes his nine foot Steinway on a flatbed trailer with a bunch of these sexy guys his crew and they like set up in these spectacular outdoor locations state parks national parks you know all over the west and it's actually a really and people aren't trapped in a concert hall. And it's it's a great, speaking of drugs, um, it's a great experience to do drugs at um, because it's, um, you know, it's, it's sort of a safe, contained environment. The show is about 90 minutes, so you can kind of plan, you know, plan around it. Um, there's generally, like, the flexibility to wander, but you're in a group. Because everybody's wearing headphones, it's like you don't have to interact with anyone. Um, everyone's kind of in their own world anyway, but then you have the ability to kind of, like, connect with people through your eyes if you want to. Or you can take your headphones off and, like, chat. But um, but it's, it is a... F- you know, I would love to see more people um, on... Things at my concert. <laughs> Plant medicines. Plant medicines. Yeah, I love that. I love that quote. I would love to see more people on, <laughs> on drugs at my concerts. Uh, well, that uh, that's a great description of it. Yeah, it, it is. It's a kind of an amazing project, and I encourage listeners to look it up. Called in a landscape in a landscape dot org. You can find out more information, and it is kind of part of it. It seems to me is like the act of bringing this giant Steinway piano into the wilderness is kind of a, an art project in itself. Um, it's very visually striking. Um, so uh, that is really cool. Thank, thank you for thank you, sharing that with us. Um, uh, okay. Uh, let me just read a few of the texts that came in. Um, apologies if we had met. Like uh, Strawberry was texted a while ago and said... Um, think it was strawberry um said wait um please invite me to next year's holiday party oh please oh my god i will wrangle tiny children for hours it sounds wonderful it's true the the they, the parties that uh they hold at this pink martini world headquarters are epic it is a really uh, wonderful space um Byra. 
Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, was here. Um, um, someone just texted, all caps, in a landscape. Hey, Hunter. Hi, X-Ray. Hi. I'm not sure who, not sure who that was, but I think they know you, Hunter, and they know in a landscape. Um, Denver Dan, uh, said, um, uh, wait. Uh, oh, this is about the designer said, I told the designer that I love pink martini and he almost quit the job. (laughs) I learned my lesson. Keep your politics to yourself. (laughs) And then he said, play some of your French stuff. Uh, okay. There's a request. Um, uh, and then, uh, and then this is a text, uh, that says, question for everyone there. Everyone has, uh, um, uh, let me just, I'm not sure quite what this means. It says, everyone has one. So who was the person you were awful to for no reason when you were a kid? Okay. Um, who was it and what did you do? What happened after and what would you say to them now? Okay, that's an interesting question. So the question is, who was the person or kid, I see, a person or kid that you were awful to for no reason when you were a kid? Who was it and what did you do? What happened after and what would you say to them now? Okay. Everyone can think about that. I still think about that. I mean, I still think about, um, I don't know why when I was a little kid, we were, we were like, um, we were picking on this one kid and I, for some reason I, I told, <laughs> I told him that we were going to like tie him up and put him in the basement and, and this is like, and and he and he ran away really scared. Like he he, I was probably like seven or eight years old. And I and I said that's what we were gonna do. And then he ran away really scared. And um, I always felt bad about it afterwards. And I I never got a chance to tell him that that we were, I was just kidding. We weren't gonna do that. Anyways, um, do you have one? Yeah, I um. So in I went to school to elementary school at Three Rivers Elementary in Sun River, Oregon. And um, in second and third grade, we had reading buddies. And so I was, um, I was in third grade, and I was the older reading buddy. And I was really excited to be in this sort of mentorship role because uh, I was you know, the youngest in my family. And, I, and so this was kind of my first chance at being a top. <laughs> not a top deer. Um, and so we were, I was with my, my um, reading buddy, and we were out on the playground, and I – we were sitting under the slide, and I told him that um, later that night I was going to come to his window, that I was an angel, and that I was going to come to his window um, and say hi. And I don't, I, I don't know if I really believed I would. I can't remember, but I, um, but I, I, I guess I didn't come to his window because the next day, he at the playground he was crying and he wouldn't talk to me. And um, and we never have spoken since. Oh my God! What's this guy's name? It's mortifying. It's mortifying to think about these things. This is quite a question you brought up, Strawberry. Um, and and what I would say is that um, I'm I'm really sorry. I yeah. saw him on the bus a couple times in middle school, but we he sort of avoided my gaze, and I oh. never, I never, um, I never. You figure out who that was. And I need. Call yeah, I do. I need call to find him. Call him today. I, uh, Tanya, do you have one? Uh, I was the uh, recipient, not the a recipient. Yeah. Okay. Do you, <laughs> so do you, did 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 the person who did it? <laughs> what happened? Can you tell us? 
Uh, yeah, I think pe- people were kind of mean. Okay. When you were a kid. When I was a kid, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. That's okay. I, feel I got, like- I got back. I got them back. <laughs> I feel like as kids, we, like kids, everyone talks about how nice and innocent kids are. Oh no, kids are uh, horrible. But, um, but we're, ac- kids are actually like, can be really mean and cruel. Yeah. Um, what? I've never been mean for no reason. I've been mean a lot. I mean, every single day, but it's never for no reason. So it's not like the exact uh-huh. question. But when I think about something I feel bad about, one thing in particular, because I got bullied a lot in school. Uh-huh. So it was really weird and I couldn't stop talking. I had undiagnosed ADHD and people <laughs> just thought I was freaking annoying. And people picked on me and like threatened to beat me up because I was kind of small. And I remember just finding the smallest person I could find and like tried to set up a fight with her. Her name was Candy uh-huh. Bateman. Sweet Candy Bateman. And I was like, all right, it's going down at lunchtime. And I remember like trying to be a bully and like pushing on her and like trying to set up this fight. And she was like, no, actually, I'm not really into the violence. <laughs> and I was like, come on. I have to like prove to these kids that I can fight. And we ended up not fighting. Nothing, nothing ever happened. But that was the only like picking on someone for no reason. Uh huh. But I guess it was actually a reason. I was just trying to show everyone that I was tough so they'd leave me alone. I don't know. Kids are horrible, man. Kind of did. Oh, yeah. A specific thing that happened. Okay. Yeah. In kindergarten, in the playground, because uh-huh. uh, I was quiet, and also I um, used to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in the bathroom. Uh-huh. Your hands? Yes. It was uh-huh. terrible. But uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I found out decades later, when I was getting a massage in Singapore, the masseuse... You know, they really massage your organs there. And she, she said, your bladder low. And I was like, really? Yes. Yes. Well, it explained everything. It explained low bladder. Low bladder. I mean, I've learned how to control it since, but, but it explained a lot about why I had trouble when I was a kid going to the bathroom. Like I used to, you know, wet the bed and, go to the bathroom before I got to the bathroom and uh, kids were mean and there was Uh this girl named Molly uh, who was a white girl I remember she had like a short Dorothy Hamill haircut (laughs) (laughs) and and, uh, she just looked at me one day in the playground and says you have black lips uh-huh. But she said it in a mean way. Uh-huh. And for me, it was ironic because I used to go around saying black is beautiful uh-huh. because I like to hang out in the sun. Uh-huh. And so when people used to tell me to get inside because I would get suntanned, uh-huh. I'd be like, black is beautiful. So when she said, you have black lips, but she said it in a really mean way, I didn't know how to respond. Because uh-huh. I knew she, her intent was to be mean, but uh-huh. inside I was delighted. You were happy. Yeah, that would have been a good response yeah. if you could have. But it's interesting how that girl, when I was f- four or five years old, made uh-huh. such a I know it's the entrenched you, impression. It's the things you remember. I, well, you remember those moments of harm more yeah. than you remember the best things in life. Yeah, I was thinking about how they make for good stories, though. I know. When I, what, another thing that I remember that I'm still mortified about doing 
it actually is relevant because it was just Halloween. My my sister, I have a twin sister, and she was doing her her um her. Did I say Halloween? I meant to say yeah. Val- I, Val- I, I keep, <laughs> some reason I have a mental problem with val- Valentine's, and I'm talking about Valentine. She was doing her Valentine's. Uh, her her um her car. Let's just rebrand Valentine's yeah, Day as um, Halloween. So she she was doing that thing, and this was in third grade. I remember and we had to we had to. She she was doing all the cards for everyone. We were supposed to make cards uh-huh. for everyone in the class, and I thought it would be funny to go to break into her cards and write like little mean messages to people just from her. Yeah. So the cards. So I wrote like a bunch of like really crude, uh, like. Profanity laced <laughs> messages to people, on, and my sister put them in her Valentine's. I never knew what happened. How old were you? Third grade. Third grade. Yeah. How old were you when you started using profanity? Or early because we went to a hippie school, and so I knew, like, we knew. I definitely knew what, like, the f word. Uh huh. I think there were. I don't know. I just remember writing these messages on these Valentines and thinking it was a funny joke. But then later thinking that's actually not that funny. When did <laughs> you see your first like Playboy magazine? Uh, wow, probably, probably in in like second or third grade. Yeah, yeah. Playboy mag. You know, that was a real. That was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Playboy. Now they just look on the internet. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, strawberry, that was you really you really got us going with that question. <laughs> um, thank you for that. Uh, Thomas didn't answer. Did did you did no. you have anything that you were any any? Yeah, actually, um, Thomas uh, is just just visually so you can. He's up on a ladder right now, taking down <laughs> Christmas ornaments. <laughs> Hunter is holding the mic up for him. He's like way up on a on a big ladder, but he's going to answer oh, thanks, this question. Honey. So, uh, yeah. Uh, there was a guy, uh, Paul R. Brown, who, we, I, we some of us in a, uh, 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 sort of, he was just so earnest, uh, and, uh, I think we misinterpreted his attitude as sort of smug, sort of smug. Uh-huh. Anyway, we like, we really mean to him, actually, and he, he didn't deserve it at all. Uh, we sort of, uh, three nights in a row, we like went to his house. We made spaghetti one night on his lawn. Uh, another time, we stole a bunch of lawn signs from all over the city and put them on his house. And then the third night, <laughs> his, you know, fourth night, third night, we st- like didn't go because we wanted to throw them off. Fourth night, we we did toilet paper at the place. And uh, I, I at my in the planning for my high school reunion. My twenty fifth, no thirtieth. I reached out to him and apologized. Oh, so you had it? Did he accept your apology? <laughs> he did, he did respond. Uh huh. Um, I don't remember. You know, I don't remember uh-huh. his exact. I actually, that's fascinating. Yeah, I don't. I just thought that it was good to publicly apologize. Uh huh. This was on Facebook. I joined Facebook only because uh, <laughs> I hosted the thirtieth. I helped host uh. the thirtieth high school reunion, and, and a lot of these people are on. A lot of everybody's on. Right. Book faced. So, uh, and 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 he was on on one of the okay threads or whatever, and so I I, I thought oh, I should I just 
So you just apologize him on on Facebook? Like yeah. Him. Okay. Publicly, and and you know a lot of people were mean to Paul. Uh huh. Unnecessarily. Yeah, there's 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 that phenomenon. You know, people. Uh, you know, I I think about sort of like the, when I was a kid, I ne- it never occurred to me to be mean to people. Uh, uh, and there were you know there were super. I grew up in Indiana. And there were some super rode the bus. And there were people who lived in true poverty, uh, who were made fun of. Uh, I never participated in any of that, and uh, uh, thought it was just bad to be. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, uh, I, you know, meanness is pointless. It's just it's insecure. What it is is insecurity. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We kind of we just sort of take it out. Take I out think. On yeah, kids pick on. Yeah. Why are we mean to people who are earnest? What What is it about earnesty that makes people so mean? I know. You do. No, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it's like the earnest is the best. To be earnest is the best. Well, it's it, it's kids. Um, let me read some text here. Um, uh, so, oh, this is Denver Dan said, "Damn, you all are terrible." <laughs> I think I'm off pink martini and sex, drugs, and basketball. <laughs> um, no. Um, uh, and then he said, uh, the Candy Bateman story explains the experience of immigrants throughout history. Pick on the newer small ones. Yeah. That was your story, Cooper. <laughs> um, and oh, then. Candy Bateman got me back because I was at a party at her house oh. like 10 years later and everyone was drinking alcohol uh-huh. and I had one tiny sip, just the tiniest sip of vodka. And she threw me under the bus and, and told the principal about it. I ended up getting a minor in possession, and they took my crown away as Miss Coos County. So I oh. got uh, – she got me back. She got you back yeah. for that. She uh, she let the old coppers know. And she, even though she'd been drinking a lot more than me, she never got busted. She didn't get a minor in possession and have her crown taken away. So karma came back and bit me in the butt hard. But you were Miss Coos, Coos, wait, what was it? Miss I was Miss Coos County. Miss Coos County, Oregon. That, but I wasn't allowed to be Miss Coos County because of that. But then later I was Miss Multnomah County. Uh-huh. And now I'm a stripper at Mary's. Hey. Uh, hey. Hey. Wait, are you, do you work at Mary's? I, didn't, I, I didn't. do work at Mary's Club. Oh, the okay. best strip club in the United States of America. Are you, so we have, uh, Viva Las Vegas comes on this show. Yeah, often. she is the queen of all, and I actually uh-huh. just had lunch with her at her other job at Bunk Bar today. Okay. And she's running for mayor of Portland. She is? Yes, she is. Viva she is. is running for mayor, mm-hmm. is that really true? Viva Las Vegas is running for mayor of Portland. That's awesome. Wow. Um, she's the reason I became a stripper. She is the most amazing. She's on the show a lot? She yeah she's she's been on this show many times. Yeah. You got to get her back so she can talk about her mayoral uh, campaign. I, I will. I I, I yeah. didn't realize that. I I mean, is this is that like public knowledge? That she's yes, I'm so sorry. I I probably uh-huh. should let her tell you that, but it is. It's been on the Facebook, so that okay. makes it pretty public. And she's uh-huh. having a a meet and greet on the 22nd of February. Where? It's at a secret location at the moment. I think she's going to hand select the first few people, but then she wants to do a monthly meetup so she can hear everybody and. And, um, yeah, talk about her, awesome. her vision. I know it's exciting. I'm so excited. Wait, so let's go back. To, so did Viva, she, did she, 
tell you, convince you to, to start working at Mary's? Like, no, she didn't convince me. I was inspired when I read her book, Magic Gardens. Uh huh. And I actually had met Vicki Keller, who's the owner. Um, so I was walking down the street at like 19 years old, going to Portland State on a sunny day. And Vicki was sitting out front of her bar having a drink at Silver Dollar 2. And she said, Hey, you look just like peaches and cream. You should come work for me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I could never do that. I wanted to be on the Grand Ole Opry. I wanted to be a respectable lady in country music, so I couldn't be, you know, flashing my boobies for dollar bills on Broadway. Mm-hmm. But uh then I learned that the Grand Ole Opry was baloney, and I just kept watching Viva Las Vegas be the queen of the world. And her book was amazing. Her documentary is amazing. And then the pandemic happened. I moved back to Portland. And I got up on stage and started doing it. Well, good for you. So, you're, so you're you are you regular uh, at at Mary, the Mary's downtown? Like three the, three days a week. I'm there. Yeah. Okay. I'll be there tomorrow night. Do Come you, on down and can, see me. Do you have a name that you dance under? Here? I do. I have a dancer name, but I'm not going to tell you that on the radio. You have to come do the research. Okay. I come find me. All will right. you t- will you tell everybody what you did last night? What I did last night. Oh, yeah. We talked about that earlier in the show. We put on a peep show at the oldest Chinese restaurant in Portland, the Republic Cafe. They have a a lounge called the Ming Lounge. And we put on what we call the Thing at the Ming. And my husband and I built a little peep show theater in the back room. Eight people at a time could walk up and look into the glass and see me sing and dance and do an old-timey burlesque number. And my friend Micah Holscher from Nashville was in the booth with me playing piano, and I sang a song and flashed my boobies for everyone on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Oh, that was Valentine's Day. Yeah, yesterday was Valentine's Day. I know you keep blocking it out, but it is kind of yeah. like Halloween. You know, I know. I keep ghosts. thinking it was Halloween for some reason. <laughs> Why? Trauma and horror and ghosts. Um, uh, Denver Dan says, stripper name... Uh, is stripper stripper name Miss Coos County? That's right, <laughs> Miss Coos. Um, someone uh, then um, let's see. Uh, oh, this is this. Someone said uh, when we were kids, we had a stash of Playboy magazines we hid in a field, and we returned many times to fondle and leer at our magazines in the field. Fondle was, and leer. I know fondle and leer at our magazines. Yeah, in the field. It was pretty weird thinking back on it. And then and then said, I want to be mean to your guests. <laughs> you can be mean. You can. Uh, um, okay. And then, uh, oh, this somebody sent a picture of the Dorothy Hamill combo. It's a very funny picture. Uh, because we were talking. Uh, yeah, well, they. they <laughs> Dorothy, D- Dorothy Hamill was a figure skater in the seventies. Is still She's like still with us. But but she, her hair was famous in the seventies. Like a little bit like Mary Lou Rhett. Yeah. 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 Like kind of like Bob circular kind of. It looked like a Lutheran monk. A Lutheran monk. A Lutheran, yes. a Lutheran monk. That's a good way to put it. Um, okay, so just to keep things moving here, uh, I did want to we we. we I wanted to uh, have Tanya um, talk about your book that you had written, and she was going to read. Now, um, just to kind of bring things into s- full circle here, so Tanya introduced me to Thomas and Hunter, and um, 
one of the most amazing things that I've done here in Portland was uh, I went out to uh, Rooster Rock where Thomas orchestrates the building of this giant wooden fort. Um, and I, I think a lot of our listeners are fami- familiar with Rooster Rock, um, but it's an amazing place. Um, and so Thomas, uh, I believe that you're going to read a section of your book that takes place at Rooster Rock. Is that right, Tanya? Yeah. Okay. Um, anything you want to say before you start reading? So um, this is a brand new book. I just finished the manuscript last week. And um, this is a chapter called The Snake in the Sand. The book is called Leave Me Alone. And uh, here we go. All right. It was during the summer of 2020. I was with Thomas, my friend from college, at Rooster Rock. Thomas is an otherworldly character and resembles a cherub on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. He has rounded features and a round, compact body with fair skin that tans easily, bleached agree with each other, let each other down, fail to check on each other for a long time. We find a way to make amends and keep going. Thomas and I sometimes wonder if we should have gotten married, but the reality is he doesn't lean my way. In fact, while we were in college, I held his hand under the table while he came out as gay to his grandparents. We were at their home in in a trailer park in Anaheim, California. His grandmother looked at me and said, Poor Tanya. They had thought we were a real couple. On that summer day at Rooster Rock, Thomas was flitting about in search of tree pieces to build a fort. I laid on the sand in a snake print strapless one-piece bathing suit. My eyes were closed when I heard footsteps about 20 feet away. I could tell it was a man (laughs) by the energy coming my way. I was being very careful about interacting with people beyond my pod, which consisted of a handful of friends in Portland, because I was terrified of getting COVID. Even with my pod, we usually spent time together outside, on each other's decks, or taking hikes. The man stopped walking and seemed to have sat down. He said, I hope I'm not disturbing you. I kept my eyes closed and said, no. A few minutes later, Thomas returned. I heard him speak with the man. And then I heard him taking Polaroid photos. Thomas loved vintage Polaroid cameras and had boxes and boxes of black and white photos he had shot over the years. I opened my eyes and stood up to walk over to them. I caught sight of the man. 
He was like Adonis. He was tall and fair with a long neck, and he was totally naked and very well hung. He said to Thomas while gesturing towards me, Why aren't you photographing her? I thought the man must be gay. He was so effusive and delightful. (laughs) (laughs) We three ended up spending the afternoon together. At one point, the man said, How long have you two been lovers? Thomas and I looked at each other and chuckled. Thomas said, I like to suck cock. I said, and I do too. I turned to the man and asked, what about you? He said, I'm straight. I said, it's too bad you're not ten years older. He asked, what's the problem? I supposed he was right. The sun was starting to go down, and we made the trek back to the parking lot. The sunsets at Rooster Rock were magical. The sun turned into an egg yolk and slid into the river. The sky turned a cherubic pink, which extended a bit before turning gray, then night. Thomas skipped far ahead of us. The man to be seemed to be making sure to stay by my side, to keep me company and keep me safe. It was getting quite dark. I'd never made the trek alone, and I wasn't sure I could get out of Rooster Rock without this man's navigation. I thought, what if he's a serial killer? What if he suddenly shifts to darkness and tries to rape me? I looked up at him and took in his demeanor and features. He was tall, lanky, and quiet. He had an unusually long neck and fair hair. Perhaps Elizabeth had sent him for me. Sometimes the planets of Venus and Saturn appear to meet in the sky. This is known as a conjunction. When we move at different speeds, we might seem to be far apart, but occasionally our orbits bring us together. As the man and I neared the parking lot, we intersected with Thomas. Thomas's car was in the first section. The man and I kept walking and walking and walking until we got to the very last section. Our cars were parked right next to each other. What were the chances? We drove caravan style to get dinner at a Cuban restaurant. Thomas loved the banana shakes. I loved the empanadas. After dinner, we went to Thomas's place. When Thomas went to the bathroom, the man and I gazed into each other's eyes, googly eyes by this point. He said, I would like to kiss you. I said, go ahead. We kissed like teenagers with our tongues moving all over each other's mouths. He reached under my dress and put his fingers inside me. I was wet. Oh, my God. I could hear Thomas coming back up the stairs, and I stopped the man. Thomas could tell something was up. He said, what's going on here? I flashed a big, naughty smile. Thomas seemed a bit jealous. At the time, he was single, Even though Thomas and I weren't having sexual interactions, we had been spending a lot of time one-on-one. This man was causing a disruption. It was getting late, around midnight, and I decided to go home. The man... (laughs) (laughs) The man said he would leave, too. He walked me to my car and wanted a hug, so we hugged. By the time I returned home... There was a text from him, Good night, can I see you tomorrow? I replied, Yes, to tomorrow. Now I'm going to skip a little at the end. He ended up staying three days. The air quality was so bad that we were told not to open doors and windows and not to go outside. We spent most of the time in the bedroom, making out or looking at each other in silence. And then he said he had to go. We said we'd try each other again when the climate catastrophe subsided. 
But a few days later, I got a text from him. I wanted to say that our experience together has remained very meaningful to me. I feel sort of opened up and have been really inspired. I guess I wanted to say thank you. And I hope we can stay connected in some way. Hope your week went well and the rest of your Oregon time is peaceful. I could sense that our time was what it was. It was beautiful. And it might only have been for that brief time. He might be a scene, not the whole story, not even a single act. I write to remember. Hooray! Thank you, Tanya. That was Tanya Silverotnam reading from uh, her newest book called "Leave Me Alone," and uh, and that was a scene that that was a fr- that's that's funny. I I was there that day. You right? were. I I though I missed the. You left the, right before that. Yeah, the the interaction. Oh, that's that was great. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, and I liked your description of you and you and Thomas. Uh, as yeah, I didn't realize. So you were you were Tanya. You were holding hands with Tom Thomas when he came out to. Can that's not can the only time we held hands. <laughs> Tell us more. Get to that Thomas part. has like a, a mischievous look on his face right now. He's also in his pajamas now. Yeah, Thomas has changed now. So out of his suit. there is this like amazing classmate of ours who's now a very fancy poet professor at Berkeley. And uh, one night we were I don't know running around maybe on drugs. No. no. What do you mean no? Don't say it like that. <laughs> 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 it wasn't because we were impaired. Well, no, no. I mean, the, well, the impaired would be helpful, actually. Yeah. All right, so... <laughs> uh, do you want to tell the story? No. <laughs> <laughs> so we found this guy, like, in the basement of Adam's house, running around, and... He was alone. One thing led to another, and I held her hand while he... Well, well they he, made love? That's right. It was really amazing. Intense. Wow. It's really hot. Tanya Tanya is looking at Thomas like, I cannot believe you just told that I story. Tell story all the time. All the time. To I anyone who will hear it. To yes. anybody who will listen. <laughs> and even those that won't. Wow. Okay. It's become such a common story, it's almost become benign. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's just a little It's just a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a little encouragement, sort of like, and you too could do the same. Just start wandering yes. the halls and go out with your friends. <laughs> well, everyone's so into polyamory and threesomes and foursomes, and really uh-huh. sometimes it's just about holding somebody's hand. Yeah. Uh huh. You don't have to like enter. No. Uh huh. Just be supportive. Yes. It's about transformational <laughs> intimacy. Oh my gosh. Transformational intimacy. I think something's happening. Okay. Let me. Let me. Um, read from uh, some of our text messages that we've gotten. Thank you to people who have been texting into the show. Um, and I apologize. I think I might have missed some of the texts that came in, but um, someone said, where are you broadcasting from? Uh, 
um, tonight. We are broadcasting just to just to update you. We are broadcasting from the Pink Martini World Headquarters in downtown Portland. So if you've just tuned in and you were wondering, like, what am I listening to? This is a a, a special episode of Sex, Drugs, and Basketball. Um, my friend uh, Tanya Silveratnam was in town, and uh, I, she's been on the show before. And uh, and then we thought it would be fun to have Thomas and. Uh, be on the show and he invited us over to pick martinis uh world headquarters where they have lots of instruments and so he and hunter noack were playing uh, a piano duet together and then uh their friend cooper is here and she has been talking about dancing at mary's and uh and lots of stuff and uh so that's what you're listening to so we're not at the slingshot lounge if if you're wondering about that um but uh um, that's, that's an answer to your question. Um, and, uh, who, I'm, I feel like I know who that texter is, but I'm not sure. Um, uh, and then someone, oh, says world headquarters. That's, yeah, this is the pink martini world headquarters down, downtown. Um, and then the same person says excited for the Casa documentary. You're referring to the documentary about Casa Bonita. Um, yes, it comes out. It's going to be on Paramount Plus in uh, in May. That, that's when it comes out. I made a documentary about uh, about uh, the South Park guys bought this this uh, restaurant in Denver called Casa Benita. Um, have you heard of that place at all? Uh, it's in De- it's a it's a giant Acapulco themed restaurant with like an indoor waterfall and cliff divers and it's very kind of kitschy and uh it was going out of business during the pandemic and the creators of south park bought it and they put 40 million dollars into it and yeah and they just reopened it yeah it's a create it was a it's it's a it's um Oh, someone texted and said, oh, first of all, the question said, like, for the band? Yes, the band Pink Martini, that the Portland-based Pink Martini. And we have Thomas Lauderdale is here. Thomas is now uh, climbing on a on a ladder high above the ground, taking off Christmas tree ornaments uh, on... And a lead pencil. And a... <laughs> wait, a lead pencil? Lead tinsel. Oh, lead tinsel. A lead tinsel. Oh, wow. You have tinsel from the 40s. Okay. The new stuff doesn't hang right, so Tanya, someone texts, I love you, Tanya. Wow. And then it has like a emoji with hearts for the eyes and then just says, that is all. Um, I think it is our, our listener from Nebraska. Uh, I think that's who it is. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know if you text, um, I'm pretty sure that it's, uh, she, this is Nebraska texting in. Yeah. Uh, ne- yeah, I think it's Nebraska. So, um, and then someone texts, oh, oh, much love to Thomas and the band. I've done setup for them, uh, at the Winningstad Theater a few years ago and was their AV director at the World Trade Center for their musical accompaniment to NPR's Ari Shapiro. Oh. oh, yeah, a lot of people have connections to uh, to Thomas and Pink Martini. Um, but yeah, that's what that's. I know it sounds kind of uh, strange and and uh, random, but that's what that's where the show is being broadcast from. Um, we're just sitting around uh, 
we just had some Nong's chicken and, uh, you know, just a Portland night. Um, okay. Um, Denver Dan is asking, what tattoos do Cooper and Tanya have? <laughs> um, I don't know if Cooper has any tattoos I'm, that, that I see. Wait, you do have a tattoo? No, I don't. You, you don't have any tattoos? I, I'm afraid of needles and commitment. <laughs> Wait, can you say that again? Sorry. I'm afraid of needles and commitment. Um, oh, I am fully vaccinated and I am married, but uh, I don't have any tattoos. Um, so Cooper does not have any tattoos. Tanya, do you have any tattoos? So when I was 17, I was hoodwinked into getting a tattoo at Burt Grimm's world-famous tattoo parlor in Long Beach, California, because a friend of mine who couldn't drive wanted me to take her to get a tattoo. And while she was getting a tattoo, she said, oh, come on, Tanya, come on, Tanya, just get one, just get one. And on the spot, I asked for a purple lotus flower, because I thought it would be tiny, and I asked them to put it on the right side of my back, a really tiny one, and when I pulled off the Band-Aid... Like two days later, it was a rose. What did you ask for? A lotus flower. Oh. It's a tiny rose. And for years, I told people it came from a Cracker Jack box, including my own mother. And then, uh, many years ago, I got it removed. No. no, I have a high th- threshold for pain, <laughs> but um, it was worth it. Wait, where was that? it? Was worth getting it removed? <laughs> that cursed tattoo. That cursed. It was so nice. I liked it. I thought it was like where? Like a rose. It was a rose. It where? was a purple rose. Where was it? On on what? On my back, on, on the right back. side, okay. tiny, teeny tiny. Because I thought, okay. well, I can hide it if I want, but then I could see it every day. Uh huh. Yes, because I have eyes. Because I'm an owl and my head turns all around. <laughs> That's my worst nightmare. Woo. Waking up to a tattoo that I didn't ask for. Oh, it's terrible. It's yes. Oh, but it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> if I couldn't have gotten rid of it, fine. Would have been okay. It would have been okay. Well, But thank is- God for modern technology. <laughs> um. Anyone have any tattoo stories they want to share? We're 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 only we're in the final minutes of the show. It, it's just sped by. So um, I do I want to if you have any final texts you want to get in, uh, text them now or forever hold your peace. Yeah. Um, let me. Um. I, we need to take a quick break for uh, station identification here. Uh, here we go. Support for X Ray FM comes from Spielman Bagels and Coffee. Opened by Rick Spielman and his son, Raph, Spielman has been serving handmade boiled and baked bagels and coffee since 2011. Their flagship store can be found on Southeast 21st and Division, or find one of their other shops on Northwest 23rd and Lovejoy, Northeast 22nd and Broadway, or in Multnomah Village. X-Ray FM is supported by Slingshot Lounge. Located in southeast Portland on the corner of 56th and Foster, Slingshot Lounge offers an expansive game room, scratch cocktails, and a craft kitchen with a full menu until 2 a.m. Happy hour available weekdays from 3 to 7, and brunch weekends from noon to 4. Slingshot Lounge, decentralizing Portland since 2007. 
Okay, okay, we are back with the final segment of Sex, Drugs, and Basketball. If you're listening on February 15th, 2024, it's a live broadcast, and it's a special broadcast. We are doing it live from the Pink Martini World Headquarters, and we've got a special treat here. So Thomas is sitting at the piano with Cooper. Cooper, do you want to give us your last name? Wait, uh, sorry, say that again. Cooper Hayes. This is Cooper Hayes, and they're going to do a song. Do you want to tell us what we're going to hear? Put the blame on Mame. It's easy to blame the, the gals. Let's blame them. All right, let's do it. When they had an earthquake in San Francisco back in 1906, they said that old Mother Nature was up to her usual tricks that's the story that went around but here's a real lowdown put the blame on Maine boys put the blame on Maine one night she started to shim and shake and that brought on the Frisco quake So you can put the blame on Maine, boys Put the blame on Maine They once had a shooting up in the Klondike When they got Dan McGrew Folks was putting the blame on A lady known as Lou and that's the story that went around, but here's the real lowdown. Gotta put the blame on Maine, boys. Put the blame on Maine. Maine did a dance called the Hoochie Coo. That's the thing that slew McGrew. You better put the blame on Maine, boys. Put the Blame on me. Yeah, that was amazing. That sounded good too. I think. Uh, wow, that was so good. Um, Cooper, wait, tell me your last name again. Cooper Hayes. Cooper Hayes. Put the blame on Mame. With that's from the film Gilda. Yeah, Rita Hayward. The film Rita Gilda. Hayward, the same uh, film that has the song Amato Mio, which is our first song that we ever recorded. Oh, yeah. Um, that was so good. Well, so, yes, the, the people who've been texting in and were curious about the setup here, we are at the Pink Martini World Headquarters. I was Thomas Lauderdale on piano with Cooper Hayes singing. Um, we've just got a few minutes left. Um, and... Uh, let me see. Someone said, uh, well, I love listening to this weird radio show, but it also seems to draw in such lovely people. It's so odd how you can get a sense of someone's energy just listening to them over the radio. Oh, that's a nice thing to say. Uh, I think that's Nebraska texting us from Nebraska. I hope you're doing well there. Um, uh, oh, the, the Pizza Johnny. What, did you say something? Nebraska. What's their name? Yeah. They, they, that's their like radio uh, name that they text under. Is they're from they're from it's the they corn the husker. Corn husker. <laughs> um, but she she well, used cornhole. to live in, in Mr. Corn <laughs> Mr. Cornhole. <laughs> uh, Nebraska was she did live in 
in Portland and then she moved and then moved to Nebraska. Um, Miss Cornhole. Continued Miss Miss Cornhole. Yes. Um, uh, um, The Pizza Johnnies texted in and said, uh, "Oh, buckle your seatbelts. I have wonderful news. The tennis ball shoes have shipped." They are real and they're on their way to my house. So this is a this is a storyline from uh, last week's show, uh, but that is good news. Uh, the tennis ball shoes are real. Um, the tennis ball shoes, super real, very real, coming to my house. Uh, good to hear, and I hope that you will uh, sh- come to the Slingshot Lounge sometime wearing those special shoes. Um, okay, uh, Denver Dan Texan said Cooper stripper name. Daddy, Maxi, or Isabel? Mm. <laughs> That's their. Is that your guess, or those are suggestions? Those are three dancers at Mary's. There's, oh, really? There's a Daddy, oh. there's a Moxie, oh, and I there's an Isabel, but none of oh. those are me, baby. Okay, I see. So Denver Dan looked up names of strippers at Mary's, uh-huh. <laughs> but that but you didn't pick the Rumble Stiltskin is my name. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and uh, Nebraska says Tanya, but Tanya, you're amazing for so many reasons. Haven't read your books, but I look forward to. Uh, wow, that's great. Uh, yes, I recommend look look up Tanya Silverotnam. Uh, she's written Thanks, she's Nebraska. published two books, <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, she is uh, she is an accomplished author and filmmaker. Um, okay, so I think we're in the final seconds of the show, so uh, I just oh. want to say goodnight. Uh, Thomas, any final thoughts before we go? May tomorrow be a perfect day. May you find love and laughter along the way. May God keep you in her tender care till she brings us together again. Do you know this song? Does anybody know this song? I you like know this song. We'll walk hand in hand, the time is very near. It's Diane and Marie. The moments we long for are almost here. I'll be with you, you'll be with me. Together we'll love once again. Good night, everybody. Does, does nobody remember Donnie and Marie? Osmond? I remember Donnie and Marie. Is that a Donnie and Marie song? Country, a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> 